From a studio high above the clouds of the Okanagan Valley, this is the Cannabis Podcast. Exploring the world of Canadian cannabis culture, one toke at a time. Now, here's your host and bud tender, Gary Johnston. And welcome back to another episode of the Cannabis Podcast. If this is your first visit, well, I'm glad you discovered it. Hopefully you're going to enjoy the next 30 minutes or so filled with a bunch of information about cannabis. Now, this episode, let's see what we're going to talk about. Can you overdose on cannabis? That's a question that comes up a lot. We're going to talk about that. Plus, we get a chuckle from Manitoba where it is difficult to toke outside under the new legislation. On Cultivar Corner, the bizarrely named Meat Breath. That's up for a taste test. And to try and kickstart spring a little bit, a story about cannabis on the golf course and surprise, stigma still exists. All of that and more on episode 64 of the Cannabis Podcast. And let me start with a shout out to everybody who has recently become a listener of the Cannabis Podcast. It, it always, I'm always excited to know that the audience is growing and more of you are jumping on board for the ride. So I want to give a shout out to Alexandra from Spirit Leaf in Wellington, just outside of Ottawa, or maybe it's actually in Ottawa. I haven't actually looked at the map. Uh, thanks for letting me know that you're listening, Alexandra. I really appreciate that. Another member of the Spirit Leaf Nation. Why don't we find out how many more of you are listening? Is there anybody else from Spirit Leaf who is listening anywhere across the country? Send me a note to info at CannabisPodcast.com. And we'll find out just how far across the country the Spirit Leaf Nation is a part of the Cannabis Podcast. I might have done a bad thing. <laughs> Maybe an odd way to start. But that's kind of how I'm feeling right now. If you've listened to any of the podcasts, you're aware of my problems with finding a proper dose that works for edibles. And in fact, a few episodes ago, I kind of declared that edibles don't work for me at all. So, <laughs> as this podcast tends to do, that inspired somebody to think, well, hmm, maybe I can change that. And that relates to a person I've referenced before. In fact, we talked about his experience with uh, getting medical cannabis and how much, how he had an easier job of it in Quebec. And that's my friend JS. Well, <laughs> after I kind of basically said that edibles don't do much for me and I had kind of given it up, he took it as a challenge. And he talked about a product. Let me get that up. That's the, he talked about a product that we do not have in BC and it was from Hexo and it was some decarbed cannabis. Yeah. Hexo decarb THC and some Northern berry, which you make edibles from instead of oil. So JS, well, he made himself a batch of brownies for a special Christmas treat and he found them to be quite potent. And this is the part that intrigued me in the letter that came my way that he even got his father-in-law high for the first time in his life with one of these after his father-in-law had tried multiple times to get high throughout the years. Well, now if that wasn't a challenge to me, then I don't know what was. <laughs> and that's how I took it. So you can probably figure out by now that I received some brownies. And that's where I, I why I started off this little diatribe with, I might have done a bad thing. And that's because I did eat one of J.S.'s brownies. And although after having gone through the mail system and been 
made back in, I guess, Christmas time. It was a wee bit stale, JS, to be perfectly honest. It tasted delicious. It still had a, a delightful chocolate taste for a brownie. Didn't taste much weed in it, actually, which I guess is a good thing. And I did. I ate a whole brownie. And I ate a whole brownie about an hour and a half ago. And here's where the bad thing comes in. Because he sent me two. And again, if you've listened to anything that I've talked about on this podcast over the episodes in relation to edibles, it's the one thing you should avoid is taking a dose, waiting an hour and a half, not feeding anything, and taking an additional dose, which is what I've just done. So now, if this develops any further, (laughs) this will result in an episode appearance. And if it doesn't develop any further, then this will just go into my edited delete file at some point. So there's our situation as it currently stands. And I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but JS did absolutely nothing. <laughs> and and I appreciate the effort. I, I appreciate your uh, interest, the excitement you had for maybe this would work. And I appreciate your sending me some brownies. But I think I'm now finally done with edibles. So the subject often comes up, especially with those completely unaware of, of cannabis and its effects, is, you know, well, what happens if you overdose? Technically speaking, can't really happen. And in fact, this came up, I was in the Canadians, the sub Reddit group of Canadians, which was my first introduction to Reddit way back, probably a couple of years ago now, just as the podcast was getting going. And this subject was up for debate again, caused me to go searching. And I found this really interesting article from thefreshtoast.com. In 2016, more than 40% of all U.S. opioid overdose deaths involve prescription opioids, which equates to over 46 deaths every day, according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. When it comes to alcohol each year, an estimated 88,000 people die due to alcohol-related reasons. In the U.S., alcohol is the third leading cause of preventable death. Although opioids and alcohol are federally legal substances, they can be very harmful, addictive, and dangerous. But there is one substance that, while federally illegal, delivers the exact opposite effects to users. Cannabis. Nobody can physiologically overdose from cannabis, nor has there been any reported or documented deaths from a cannabis overdose in all the years the substance has been used. Why is this? And why is cannabis different than other commonly used drugs? We all have an endocannabinoid system, the ECS, and an endogenous network of indifferent cannabinoid receptors. The ECS consists of endocannabinoids, cannabinoid receptors, and different enzymes. The two main cannabinoid receptors that people may recognize are the CB1 and CB2 receptors. Then there are various cannabinoids found within the cannabis plant, and two of the most well-known ones are CBD and THC. The cannabinoid receptors are scattered throughout the body, and they have a unique link to the ECS. According to cannabis author Martin Lee, the following was stated regarding cannabinoid receptors and where they're most concentrated. Cannabinoid receptors are more abundant in the brain than any other type of neurotransmitter receptor and function as subtle sensing devices. Essentially, the ECS operates like a centralized processing center 
and ensures that all systems are balanced and working properly. An ECS is involved in regulating many different basic physiological processes such as memory, cognition, appetite, coordination, mood, etc. This explains why when one gets high, their thoughts, behavior, and actions are impacted. Although cannabinoid receptors are scattered throughout our bodies, they're not present in the brain stem. Instead, they're present in parts of the brain that regulate the different processes listed above. Now that you know where cannabinoid receptors are located, what's the importance of this? Well, for one, this means that the body and brain process cannabis differently than other drugs like opioids. There's an endogenous network of different cannabinoid receptors, but there's also an endogenous system of opioid receptors. In the last couple of decades, opioid overdoses have rapidly increased, which has turned into a widespread epidemic. When individuals overdose from opioids, the brain fails to breathe since opioids depress a part of the brainstem. When this happens, breathing significantly slows down, and then the individual stops breathing entirely, which results in death from oxygen deprivation. Additionally, opioids can weaken certain regions of the brain, especially regions that control blood and heart circulation. Why it's physiologically impossible to die from cannabis in addition, one reason why someone cannot physiologically overdose from cannabis is because of the body's ability to create its own endogenous cannabinoids, which are also found in the cannabis plant. In general, cannabis has a very low toxicity, and it presents extremely minor physiological risk, especially in comparison to other drugs like tobacco, alcohol, and opioids. It's not possible to consume a lethal dose of cannabis and die. Also, certain cannabinoids, like CBD, have an incredible safety profile as well as non-addictive and non-toxic makeup. Thus far, according to the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, there have been zero reported nor documented overdose deaths due to cannabis usage. This is mostly due to cannabinoid receptors located in areas other than the brainstem. Hypothetically, in order for someone to die from cannabis, one would have to ingest 1,500 pounds of the herb in 15 minutes according to David Shamder, a popular cannabis author. Although an individual cannot overdose and die from cannabis consumption, they can still get extremely high. If one consumes too much cannabis, it's possible to feel anxious and experience shaking hands and an increased heart rate. However, this feeling will pass, and eventually the high will wear off. In the meantime, there are a few tips you can try if and when this happens to you or a loved one. For starters, don't panic, because this will make everything worse and more stressful. You can take a nap, lay down, drink water to stay hydrated. Several glasses of water can help counteract the high and help lessen negative effects. Eat some of those snack foods, nuts, seeds, coconuts, avocados, or fruit. Talk to a friend or loved one who can calm you down. Listening to relaxing music or sounds to soothe you. Munch on some black peppercorns. Some people have reported that chewing peppercorns have counteracted the effects caused by too much THC. We've talked about this before in the Cannabis Podcast. Uh, primarily, my interpretation of that is the terpene caryophylline, which is in the black peppers, which helps to lessen the impact of THC. So in sum, although it's possible to get very high and experience adverse effects if too much THC is consumed, one cannot overdose and die from cannabis, unlike other drugs. Thanks to our endocannabinoid system and the special placement of cannabinoid receptors, physiologically, Cannabis usage doesn't lead to fatality. THC 
CBD Terpene profiles, what's in me? Oh, please explain to me Cultivar Corner Cultivar Corner, oh yeah Cultivar Corner, please explain this stuff to me On Cultivar Corner, this episode This is from Gnome Star Gnome Star Craft Cannabis And this is one that a number of people told me that I had to try. It's called Meat Breath. An indica, or at least a hybrid leaning to an indica. And again, very pleased to see some terpenes on the label. So the parent company is Agro-Grown... (laughs) Agro-Grown... No, it's not. And I'm not sure why I'm speaking like that. The parent company is Agro-Greens Natural Products Limited. Uh, what we're looking at today is from Gnome Star Craft Cannabis, and Gnome Star is a division of Indiva and Artisan Batch. Artisan Batch was created to bring craft and microgrowers to the national stage. One of the best parts about small growers is their passion not only for cannabis, but for the people they surround themselves with. Take, for example, Gnome Star Craft Cannabis. They consider their people to be their defining quality. Well, that and good weed. First and foremost, we hope the consumer appreciates the amount of care that goes into the cultivation of our flower. Gnome Star Craft Cannabis is grown with love in Delta, British Columbia. So another grower from the Delta area. A lot of growers down the Fraser Valley right now. And Gnome Star is going to be growing meat breath for Artisan Batch. And guess what? That's what we have in front of our hands right now. Meat breath is an indica-dominant hybrid bred by crossing meat loaf and Mendo Breath. The strain is grown in Cococoir. Meat Breath has very unique characteristics visually compared to most strains due to its profound trichome visibility, dark shades of purple, and burnt orange pistols. Well, I'll put the link back at CannabisPodcast.com. You can check out the rest of the details on that site because I think it's time we got down to business. Oh, Wow. I mentioned briefly that, again, terpenes are located on the label, and I'm really enjoying this. It's getting me closer to that space of trying to figure out exactly what terpenes affect me the most. And there's some surprises as I look down this, because this was quoted as being an indica-dominant hybrid, and I was expecting to see some myrcene. There's nothing listed on the label, and there's the top one, two, three, four, five, as usual, and no myrcene. So that's a bit of a surprise to me. Uh, total terpenes. Well, first of all, before we even do the terpenes, let's give you the THC on meat breath. So the total THC on this guy is sitting at 197 milligrams per gram or 19.7%. And here's the terpenes. Oh, and boy, can you smell these terpenes. Limonene. Uh, first of all, total terpenes, which is something, again, many labels are putting on now. Two years ago, we didn't talk about the total terpenes in, in any particular flower. I love how this industry is growing and, and it's becoming more, it's becoming easier to, to figure out what it is that, that's affecting us. This is the fabulous part of our industry. Total terpenes, 2.68%. And here's the breakdown. Uh, limonene is 0.66% of that. Caryophylline, 0.57%. Linalool. And in each of these cases, like the limonene, there is there is so much citrus notes in this. The caryophylline gonna bring some of that pepper. And 
the linalool, those floral notes, humulene, again, some of that, and then terpineol. I guess I didn't give you the percentages of those. Linalool was 0.35%, a humulene, alpha humulene at 0.21%, and terpineol at 0.15%. A little bit of the gassiness with terpineol. Mmm, delightful sense. Absolutely delightful. And I guess that's why 2.68% total terpenes is relevant because it gives you a real good sense of, of the aroma of the bud. And also a very good sense of the size of the bud. This was, um, it was a little light. It was it actually came out at 3.3 instead of 3.5. I won't hold them too much into account for that. But the size of the buds were really nice. There was, and I'm still holding uh, one significant bud and it by itself is, well, I don't have to guess. I can say. And the one whole bud by itself is 2.7 grams. So that was a nice little find as I popped open the jar. And inside, the rest of them were you know, of decent size. I'm still holding on to that 2.7 bud. That's what I'm going to break up in just a little bit to put into the vaporizer. But I do have one ready. I do have a joint ready. This is Meat Breath from Artisan Batch Gnome Star craft cannabis. And I'm kind of hoping for a nice little hit late on this evening as I'm into my weekend. Probably watch a little television and just kind of drift off into some relaxation is kind of where I want to go. Not picking up a lot of taste notes in the in the flower smoke. Or in what's being burned. It's pleasant. And hopefully the effect will be pleasant as well. We have done some bud from Indiva before. It was another one of their craft brands. And I think. That one was a creeper. So I'm expecting that this one might, I don't know why, it shouldn't be unique to a licensed producer that their weed is a creeper, but... Oh, looks like I wasn't being quite diligent enough in smoking my joint in there. Now I'm starting to... feel some of that initial euphoria. Subtle. It's uh, not a wham. No wham in your face. Hmm. But you know what? There's kind of a... Oh, yeah. Wow. Really does go right to the body. Hmm. Oh, I'm. I, I'm thinking. I'm liking this. I'm definitely not getting, you know, that typical feeling that I would have with a particular sativa, where it just goes right to my head and and get the happy eyes and and 
feel that burst of energy and that creativity and just want to do some stuff, I'm, I'm kind of thinking with meat breath, it's, uh, just, yeah, not that way. I'm thinking this is going to be a night of, ah, yeah, listen to some tunes, watch some, watch a show or two and hmm, just revel in it. <laughs> and, and you know what? I haven't even broken out the vaporizer yet. Well, I think I owe it to us all to give it the complete effect. If nothing else, to see if there's more of the, the taste of that limonene, that caryophylline, the linalool, humulene, and the terpineol, to see if more of that comes bursting forth when we throw it into the vaporizer. And so here's the vaporizer perspective on Gnome Star Craft Cannabis Meat Breath from Artisan Batch. Oh, definitely more flavor notes. Oh, I find the little, little, and the peppery notes of the caryophylline most going to the front. Still that citrus note from the limonene. You still get a real good sense of the flavor of the bud. And I really love that with a vaporizer and the ability to control your dosage. And controlling the dosage for me means I just need to keep taking dosages. <laughs> did it get me as high as I was hoping it was going to? Yeah, I think it did. Um, definitely more of a body stone with his meat breath, so they got the indica leaning definitely right. It really does feel good. It is a nice body stone. I like that. And my and my mind is still enough that I can enjoy the body stone. Mmm. Meatloaf and Mendo breath. Resulting in a very relaxing night for me. And this is just a quick little item out of Manitoba. We've talked about it a number of times in the podcast. I spent a couple of years in Manitoba, some, some years ago. And have been interested in the fact that the government made it so difficult to smoke cannabis or consume cannabis in public in Manitoba. Doesn't sound like that has changed. And this is just a a cute little story from stratcan.com on what happens in the winter. RCMP in Manitoba are reminding people that they can't drink or smoke weed while on the ice or inside either a temporary or permanent ice fishing shelter. What else are you going to do when you're sitting inside an ice fishing shelter for hours at a time in the cold, cold winter? (laughs) I've never done it. I can't speak to it personally, but it seems to me like it would be a perfect opportunity to perhaps imbibe in one's vaporizer and enjoy the experience a bit more. Despite the ice being a colorful cacophony of shacks, snowmobiles, and people, Police in Manitoba are concerned people will add alcohol and or cannabis to the mix and then will drive impaired. Oh, so that's what the story is actually all about. Impaired driving, not the fact that you're consuming cannabis while ice fishing. 
The RCMP reminds the public that the fine for having open alcohol on the ice, $672. For impaired driving, the same rules apply as if a driver was driving impaired on a roadway. Suspension, loss of license, even jail time could result, depending on the severity of the occurrence. And they also remind people to socially distance whilst sober amongst the ice's colorful cacophony. Well, there you go. So if you are prepared to head out ice fishing in Manitoba, looks like you better leave the weed at home. From the cannabis-infused studio in the clouds, this is the Cannabis Podcast. And I don't know about you, but the fact that we're in such a weird world right now with COVID flaring up in so many areas across our country and lockdowns happening more and more, I'm just itching for spring and just itching for those golf courses to open up again so I can get out and do something. (laughs) And I guess it was that longing that that cast my mind back to think of a story from last year that kind of demonstrated still the, that stigma is out there, although it's, it's had a bit of a twist. I was golfing with my brother and sister-in-law. Last year, after they moved here to the Okanagan, we golfed a lot, actually, last year. And needed to say, it won't be a surprise to you that when I'm out on a golf course, I have a number of joints with me. And this one we were on, I think the third hole, it was an 18-hole course, uh, had a cart because of COVID times. We had individual carts. So I was by myself, which meant that by the came to the third tee box, I thought, okay, I've got 15 more to go. (laughs) I think it's time. So I fired up a doobie. And also as part of our foursome was my, as I say, my brother and sister-in-law, they had a cart to themselves because obviously they are a couple. Then I had my own cart. And then there was a fellow who was walking with us. He'd never walked this course before and and he soon regretted it. (laughs) He picked up a cart for the back nine. But anyways, on the third hole, he was kind of standing in between our two carts, somewhat in front of me. And I'm spark up the joint, have a few puffs. And of course, a little smoke wafts his way. And I see him kind of raise his head and take a sniff of the air, looks around and he looks a bit confused. And I, I didn't pay any attention to it. I just kept smoking and let him do what he's going to do. Uh, finished the joint. And then we're probably three or four holes later. Well, we're probably about four holes later. Cause I think I, I smoked another joint after another three holes. <laughs> and then on that, at that point we were having a chat and he asked what I did. And I told him that I worked at a cannabis store and suddenly his eyes kind of <laughs> lit up and he said, Oh, was that you? <laughs> And I said, oh, you mean smoking the joint back there? Yeah. Yeah, that was me. He said, well, I I smelled it. And I looked around, but I, and I saw you there, but I thought, well, well, it can't be him. (laughs) Now that, well, apparently you were wrong there because it definitely was me. So that's what I mean about a little twist on a stigma, kind of a reverse stigma there that that he assumed because of my age, I guess, um, and perhaps my golfing ability, I don't know. That I was not a cannabis consumer. So he was very surprised at that. And then the story takes a, an interesting twist as it always does in the cannabis world, because we spoke someone again, as we were carrying on with the, with the round, told him about, you know, what we do. And, and we talked about CBD for a bit. 
And guess who shows up in the store about two weeks after that golf game and picked up some CBD oil. Uh, so you never know uh, who you're going to be playing with. And especially when you bring cannabis into the picture, uh, you never know how it's going to twist and whether it's going to change the outcome of the golf game or the outcome of a friendship that you've just made or an acquaintance that you now can share some, some you now can share some mutually beneficial knowledge. So that's why I'm itching to get out soon. I, I figure we're probably still a month away here from anything opening up. Let's hope that's true because I want to get out and, and get out there, smoke a joint and go play around a golf. If you ever have a comment about anything that happens here on the Cannabis Podcast, please send a note to info at CannabisPodcast.com. You will always find the links to anything we talked about when they're available at CannabisPodcast.com. And that wraps it up for episode 64 of the Cannabis Podcast. From the cannabis-infused studio, high above the Okanagan Valley, this was the Cannabis Podcast. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Josh Kincaid, Capital Markets Analyst and host of your cannabis business podcast, The Talking Hedge, and newest member on PodCon X. So come on over and check out The Talking Hedge. We talk about business news, interviews, investments, events, all that stuff. So come nerd out with me over at The Talking Hedge. You can find me at thetalkinghedgepodcast.com or on all your favorite podcast platforms. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, or don't, and I'm out.